This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sometimes in football there's an age-old question that rears its ugly head. Play well and get nothing, or play woeful and steal a last-minute equaliser to stay in the playoff hunt. Lucas Aikins may have sparked scenes of joy at Stockport on Saturday with the Stags' only shot on target, but with 11 games to go, being sat three points off of the playoffs with two games in hand, where does your feelings lie with that aforementioned age-old question? The excuses of injuries and suspensions doesn't wash now. We are where we are. We have what we have. I would say, and what will be, will be. But that's very much down to the players and the manager whose reluctance to inject youth. I mean, come on, Nigel. 23's hardly youth in football now, is it? Um, Was evident yet again. Anyway, coming up tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll reflect on those scenes at Stockport, delve into that question, discuss the impact of long throws and why Aiken's goal could prove vital in those last 11 games. At least we would if I were actually hosting tonight. Cam's in the hot seat again, so who knows what's going to happen. I've got full faith in him, don't worry. As always, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. So come and leave your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed comments. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. We should always have hope in the sands of time. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Um, and things obviously are a little bit different tonight. You've got me hosting. Craig's not here. Fantastic, first thing. Um, no Alan this week because he's unwell. But, of course, we do have the Edwin Stostag himself, Mr Clive Parkin. Good evening. How are we doing, Clive? I'm tickety-boo, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to having a, a decent chat. There is no Alan Wilson tonight. There's no Nick. There's no Nathan. So, as highly requested, we've drafted in um, a special guest from... The Her Game 2 team at Mansfield Town. Uh, she joined us last week for the Her Game 2 special and everybody enjoyed it. So we thought we'd get somebody back. So we just want to welcome Mansfield Town Her Game 2 advocate, Keely. Hiya. But for Hi, second Keely. time podcast, first time online. It is, yeah. How are we doing? I'm all right, thank you. 
Good, good, fantastic. Um, I do apologise if there's any technical difficulties. Um, my computer's running like a bag of ass. It's not doing anything at the moment. So we'll crack straight on. We've got a few things to talk about. We'll talk uh, Stockport a little bit later on, but we're going to start with a little bit of news. Obviously, Elliot Hewitt signing a new contract before uh, Saturday's game. Keely, what's your thoughts on that one? Because obviously... He's been a, a very influential part this season. He's gone from um, the start of last season probably being one of our worst players to ending the season as one of our best. And then this season, all bar the odd injury here and there, he's by far been our standout player this season. Yeah, yes. Um, as I, I'm really, really like excited um, that he's signed a three-year deal. Um, I know he's, like you say, wasn't sort of the best to start with this season especially um he's been the most outstanding um he's been consistent and i think him when he's obviously been injured and and not played yeah and obviously it's frustrating when you do have such a player missing because have we got a player that's particularly been able to cover? You'd probably say not. Callum Johnson's been brought in to cover in that position as well, but he's been out injured. So having someone like Elliot Hewitt back, especially on Saturday, when the the Stockport attack very much came down the wings a lot of the time, to actually have a naturally right-footed right-back that actually knows the position rather than Lucas Aikens or, or Jordan Bowery. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's definitely missed, obviously, when he don't don't play. Um, and for me, he just brings like the back sort of together, um, along with obviously playing with Arbottle, um, Kilgore, obviously, and with Perch is is obviously they are really really well. Clive, what's your thoughts on it? Because obviously, it is a position that we've. Um, possibly struggled with this season through injuries or just playing plays in the wrong position. So to get someone like Elliot Hewitt back and especially to tie him down to a, a year and a half deal is is surely just fantastic news because potentially we could have lost him in the summer for, for nothing and we could have had a a, a Danny Johnson-esque situation where we've got a, a player of quality on our hands and he's essentially could have gone for absolutely nothing. Yeah, he's uh, he's our player of the year, definitely, and uh, and uh, I think we are a much worse side without him in it. Um, it's no mistake that the goal we scored, albeit very late in the game, at uh, Stockport, was a result of a, a service he gave to uh, Lucas Hagen. So I think he brings something to our side that is badly missed when it's not there. I take the point about with the recruitment in January. We, we took on. Uh, um, Johnson as a as a cover for that position, um, or even to allow um, Hewitt to play more centrally. But uh, we did Mansfield Town did what it's doing very well at late, and that's to buy players who were automatically then injured for long periods of time. So he's out of the frame for a while, and uh, and it's a good job that Hewitt is made of sterner stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, it is, and obviously you spoke there briefly about about Callum Johnson, another player that. Nigel Clough obviously highly rated when he came in, but he's another player that we've potentially lost for a longer longer spell than potentially we should have done because of pushing him back in too early. Same with Stephen McLaughlin at 
at Hot at, at Northampton. What's what's your thoughts on that one? Because it, it's just a strange situation. Why why rush players back so quickly? I know we've not got players that naturally play in them positions, but we've got players that who are capable, Bowery, Aikens, etc., being able to play in these positions. Is it detrimental to us to be forcing them back too quickly, especially with the the running that we've got? It's pretty much Saturday, Tuesday till the end of the season, or by the odd week. Well, it's down to the management at the end of the day. I mean, I've heard a couple of occasions now where Ruff has said, oh, well, um, the player said he was match fit and we took him on, on his word and then we had to take him off in ways to the game. Well, it shouldn't be down to the player to make that decision. They've got medics there, they've got people highly paid, highly trained physio um, physiotherapists on board. They've got people who know exactly what state a player's in. And then to rush them back, um, to me, is folly especially as we've got younger players begging for a chance. And that's the biggest criticism I have. And I know Craig believes this as well. The biggest criticism of the, of the club, and when I say that, I mean club, I guess, is why not give some of these younger players a chance? If they're not going to get a chance when we're down to the bare bones, as we are at the moment, when are they going to get a chance? Obviously, referring to younger players is in... Uh, Jason Law and James Gale specifically. Um, Keeley obviously brought them both on at Stockport on Saturday, but he brought them both on in the 88th minute. <clears throat> what what benefit do they get out of that? Yes, they were part of the 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 move that that got the goal, just being in the area and just being actually on the pitch when it happened. But actually influencing the game, they didn't really have a chance to really do anything. And it just seems a running theme this season that we've got numerous players out injured and we've got the quality on the bench, but just Clough doesn't want to use them or he uses them at the wrong time. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you say, the eighth minute, it's not really giving them that chance to prove themselves, to show, obviously, what they are capable of doing. And, you know, potentially bringing them on earlier, who knows what might have happened. It it might not have ended 1-1. It could have been um, a win to us because I believe that obviously the second half um, we did play obviously better than the first half um, and we did keep fighting but I think if we'd have given them fresh legs and like you say the the younger people like the chance to prove themselves then you know who knows what they might be well exactly you've got to look at uh, previous incidents Instances, instances, jeez, I can't get my words out tonight. Where we have bought players on, and and you think back to Crew earlier this season, and, and Jason Law played a pivotal pivotal part in Will Swan's equalising goal. They've shown glimpses of what they're able to do, so it's just very frustrating that they don't get the chance to to prove something. So it's either Clough just doesn't value them, maybe, or it's just a case of something on the training ground doesn't fit or they just don't fit the playing style. It's a strange one, but um, yeah, it's, it's a very strange one. Uh, just another quick bit of news before we talk all things Stockport and podcast predictions as usual. And we've got a video from Craig as again, he's pitched in his, his two pence for this evening via video. I'm sure we'll get Nathan's, uh, Nick's and Alan's later on as well, but we've got a little bit of news. So, obviously, the Leighton Orient game that was postponed a couple of weeks ago was the supposed to be the Mansfield Town 
her Game 2 designated fixture. So I want to hand over to Keely to give us a bit of information, a bit of news that we find out today um, regarding this weekend's fixture. Yeah, so today we found out that Saturday is going to be the dedicated fixture. Um, so everything that we had planned, I think, um, is still going to um, So there'll be Monica in um, and there will be activities going off all around. Um, me, Kira and Emma are going to be there. So we're going to obviously be getting some stickers, badges out. Um, and yeah, all the plans I've fully confirmed yet but I think everything that we had originally planned is still going ahead so fingers crossed <laughs> obviously it was very disappointing to to lose the late in Orient game to to the weather obviously it, it might have been detrimental to the team obviously we've got a good bit of momentum going to lose the game in in that sense but also you'd put all this hard work in and then to lose it on the Friday it's great that it's been be able to be rearranged but Obviously, it must have been frustrating when the late Orient game was called off on 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 the Friday. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we all woke up, especially me and Emma, because um, we we're at Alfton, really looked out the door. No, <laughs> like why has it been called off? Um, so it, it yeah, it was frustrating to know that we'd we've got this quite excited about everything, um, you know, about about Reddit. Um, and then to have it have it called off, yeah, it was a bit guttering. But we're we're looking forward. To that. I'm just trying to find all the activities that are going off. I'm trying to find the original article. Do you know off your top of your head what was everything that was happening? It was Monica speaking. I'm not sure if it was before or after the game. Um, we've got some going off in family stand, so some like colouring. Um, of her game two logo. Um, then like I say, we're there. Um, we're walking out onto the pitch with the players and two of the uh, younger players from the ladies team. Um, so yeah, it's, I think that's about everything um, that I can <clears throat> off the top of me. And like I say, we've not had it confirmed that everything's still going ahead. So hopefully everyone's still available. And uh, we can we can do it. Yeah, we do hope so. I st- I can't find everything that was that was happening. Um, no picture board walking around with pictures and getting um, you know um, feedback from all supporters. Um, we'd like everyone to join in with us um, and and support us and get behind it. Um, but yeah. <coughs> photos with the photo board and I think we're, we're definitely going to be in Sundays being after 12 and 1 o'clock Fantastic and if you see me around I'll be taking photos and, and recording bits for you guys as well so if you see me come say hi we'll get some photos with the, the board as well so there's plenty going off on Saturday uh, um, let's hope the weather holds out this time Fingers crossed, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, so we'll move on to Stockport now I want to sum it all this way. There's the easy way, the hard way, and the Mansfield Town way, Clive. What is it about Mansfield this season and coming from behind? Statistically, we are the comeback kings of the EFL across all three divisions. We've gained more points from a winning from a losing position this season than anybody else in all, all three divisions. 
that's a mental stat, but what, does that just show that we're just not a good starter or we're just maybe a little bit, well, inept in certain positions and just don't start games well? Or is it just show the, the hunger and, and desire that the team have got that can actually turn a result, uh, turn a game around and, and get a result? It's a strange tactic if that's the case. <clears throat> I mean, to, to come from behind, you've first of all got to lose a goal somewhere. And uh, I have to say that their goal was well taken. I have no real problem with that. Although we didn't defend very well. We, we spent too long pontificating about whether the ball, the throwing was fair or not. And once you've lost it, get on with the game. We didn't and we, were, we weren't well shaped when the cross came. But he took it well, the lad did. And, and uh, you know, they just, there were two fairly poor teams on the day, I think. They just about married to that. I won the win. I think we stole the point. But I'll take it. Um, and I think we were our threadbare uh, squad was was shown to be what it is on, on uh, Stockport, and I'm guessing it's going to be the same against uh, Grimsby on Wednesday. Uh, we don't see too many people coming back in the interim, so we have to find ways of first of all not shipping goals, and then we've got a real chance. And I think um, you know. We'd have been out of the out of the frame completely without Kilgore, I think, and and uh, and Huey to the two players I cite as being the most reliable defensive players we've got. I think um, we have liabilities either side of them. Uh, I think uh, Harbottle's a great young player, but he's, he's a bit fragile. And, uh, and I think um, who else is in the back lineup? Um, Perch, Kilgore. Yeah, well, Perch is now a lot slower than he needs to be to, to do the job he's required to do. He's got wisdom, I suppose, on his side. He's got experience, but you know, a good, quick player takes him every time. So we have a we have an issue, especially when McLaughlin's not available. So I think um, we are where we are, and we've got to make the best of what we've got. But just going back to the youth thing, I think Nigel asked the question whether anybody raised it at the fans forum. I honestly can't remember, if I'm being honest. But I know we query it regularly. And I come back to um, players who aren't getting in the side, young players. Law is a classic example. He's the longest-serving player at the club, and he doesn't get a chance. Surely the fairest thing to happen would be to move him on. Um, because he's not developing his career at Mansfield Town. And uh, I think that's terribly unfair. And if Clough doesn't trust him, doesn't rate him, or doesn't see how he fits in the squad, let him go. And that's true of others as well. But it strikes me that Clough has his favourites. He has people he has faith in. You know, he, he absolutely has trust in Aikens, and I, most of the time I'm happy with that. He seems to think Boateng's a better player than he is. I think Boateng is not half of the player he once was. And certainly, he was a wasted shirt at Stockport, in my opinion. Um, so, I think w w what we can't afford is holes in an already small squad. And, uh, you know, the, the, the injuries we've got aren't going to be overturned in the short term so we've got to make the best of what we've got so I think I'd like to see a bit more pitch time for these people that came on for two minutes or four minutes or whatever it was I find that an absolutely pathetic thing to do and I don't pretend to understand why he does it Keely what's your what's your thoughts on that one because Clive very much does raise valid points there about club potentially having his favourites you look at somebody like Danny Johnson who's on the bench doesn't particularly look overly interested when he comes on compared to someone like James Gale who gets minutes if if not seconds sometimes in a game but always shows that hunger and desire Jason Law another one 
doesn't get the chance, but when he does come on, he's at, he, he runs for every ball. He, he's closing the play down. He's linking up play compared to someone like Hiram Boateng, who's just been, to be honest, he's probably been my biggest disappointment this season. You look at the seasons that he had previously through for Exeter and, and MK Dons, and we're thinking at the start of this season, we've potentially got one of the best players in the league to now, like Clive said about Saturday at Stockport, it was it was a wasted shirt. He he bypassed the game too much and and lost the ball a lot. It was a very frustrating game to watch. He looked lazy. He did. Yeah. Um. I agree with um everything that Clive said. To be honest, um. You know, if if is if Clough's not going to that, then you know, why not let and let him go and like you know get the potential elsewhere, um. But I, I do think that he should be playing him. Um, I think he should be giving him that more time because I believe that they will go on and they will make something of themselves and they will be a big benefit to the team. Um, like, yeah, for the past few games that I've been and watched, he's, yeah, he's not, he's gone down in. Um, and Saturday was definitely I wouldn't have played him if I was honest. I'd have played um, probably Law um, and gave, give him that chance to um, show what he's made of. Um, oh, she's dropped out. I don't know what's happened there. We'll get her back. Um, I think one of the other problems we've got, Cam, is we're missing Maris because he puts the he puts the work in. And it allows yeah. it allows more svelte players like uh, uh, Boateng's reputation would have us believe he still is to develop a game differently. In fact, you let's know, remember he put that sublime pass through um, that, that Danny scored at um, Wimbledon. Um, yes. So I think that you know the guy's got talent. He's just not brought it to his game lately, and I think we can't afford that level of passenger. Um, yeah. and, and I say we're missing Maris, we're missing one or two players, no question about that. Um, but our midfield, which was, when we started the season, we got the best bunch of midfielders anywhere. And now we're scratching around with people that aren't doing very, a very good job or aren't playing in their preferred positions. So it is, as it, we say this over and over again, we are where we are, we are we've got what we've got. Uh, if we can somehow get into the playoffs with this team, it'll be, you know, it'll be a good thing. I, I think... Um, we, uh, and then, of course, when you're in the playoffs, anything can happen, as we, as we showed last year. Sorry, Kim, yeah. I stole your thunder when you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God. I don't know what happened. Technical issues. It won't be a Mansfield Matters podcast unless something went wrong. Um, Rich in the comments says, didn't need to bring Macron against Northampton when Law was on the bench. Ended up bringing Law on anyhow. Law only came on the 89th minute as a last throw of, device, uh, throw of the dice. Boateng's been rubbish all game and Law could do a much better job. Uh, he goes on to say that Boateng made little or no attempt to close down the play for the cross that led to the goal. Yeah, what what do you think is the issue, Keely, with, with Hiram Boateng? Is it is it a confidence thing? Is it an actual ability thing? Or is it... The, the style of play because it's it's not that he doesn't look interested. He just everything that he does this season has just not come off. And we've seen the odd glimpse where we have seen the quality that we've come to expect of a player like that. But then ninety percent of the time, it's not not great to watch a, a stray pass, close not closing the ball down. 
um, getting just sort of like getting the ball stuck under his feet, not being able to um, get away from defenders. It, it, it just seems that everything about his game at this current moment is is just very frustrating. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know to be honest. I don't. I can't put on him. Um, it's like you said. Obviously, when we played against Wimbledon, he played the ball through to Danny. And we scored from that brilliant, brilliant ball. Um, there has been games. I think he has done well, but then, like you say, the other games, he's just not got into it. It's like he. Is elsewhere. He's on the pitch, but his mind is elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I can't. I, I can't pinpoint what it is that is sort of lacking. Or I don't. I don't know. Confidence thing. I. I. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very strange one with Hiram Boateng this season. Like you say, there are moments where he does create good chances, or he plays balls through, or, or does whatever. But it. It's just this couple of past few weeks. Is it a case of we know that we've potentially got better on the bench in players like Law and players coming back that you're thinking like he's only there because he has to be there for now? Yeah, it could be. Um, it's, you know, he's, but then if that was me, I'd be proving myself and, you know, showing that I should be on the pitch and starting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, because I'm not sure. Is it? I'm not sure. The fact is, if we had no injury problems, Law, Danny Johnson, and others would not even be in the squad. Yeah, that's the, that's the cold truth of it. I mean, well, I gave uh, Boateng credit for his sublime pass at Wimbledon, but it wasn't that much earlier in the season when uh, Law did exactly the same thing for Swan. With yeah. almost identical pass. So he's got it in his locker as well. But it, it, I don't want it in his locker, I want it on the field. Keep your all, all your comments coming in. Uh, we're going to take a bit, a very quick break now and we'll be back after this. And of course, Mansfield Matters is, is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Carrying on the whole Stockport conversation, um, I think somebody that's very much due a bit of credit from from the Stockport game would be someone like uh, Reese Oates, who came on in the second half. And in most people's opinions, from what I've read on social media in, in different interviews, uh, changed the game when he came on. It, it provided that that intensity, that bit of spark that we that we we so 
so crucially lacked in the in the first half, Clive. Yeah, he brought energy. That was the main thing. Um, it does worry me slightly because he clearly isn't match ready yet, and, and he could only come on for a short period of time. And such is the nature of the bloke that he gives everything and a bit more. And I just winced every time I saw him doing anything, anything physical. And there's one point where he was clattered down on the touchline. I thought, here we go. This is another three months out of the game. He needs to just be a bit more savvy, I think. Um, I applaud his attitude towards trying to win every ball. And he certainly did bring that bit of impetus with him. We needed it. Um, and, and I'm sure that if he's... If he continues to do to recover from his from his injury, he'll get more pitch time on Wednesday. But I don't see him being a starter. No, and obviously <laughs> some echoing going off somewhere. Um, it is frustrating when you do watch uh, Reese play by the virtue that you know he's not one hundred percent fit. So, is it is it Nigel forcing him into playing? Is it him thinking like, oh no, I am actually fit? fit and ready to play, it's very frustrating because, like Clive said, Keeley, um, when he was clattered on that touchline, you are thinking he, he's injured again because he, <laughs> he went down and he didn't get up for a while and it looked like he was clutching his shoulder. I was on the wrong side of the field to to see it. I was on the end where the exits were um, and I couldn't really see much because there were a crowd of bodies and a, a net and a bunch of goalposts in the way. So... Obviously, it's frustrating when you do see him go down injured. And I know he goes down injured a lot just by clattering to the players. But knowing what he's done this season twice, is it a little bit sort of like heart in mouth moment when he does go down and he doesn't get up for a good few seconds after? Yeah, definitely. I think I was a bit like Clive every time he went for a ball and, and did a challenge, my uh, hands were covering my face. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously when he went down, because um, we was right in front of where it happened and um yeah it was a bit heart-wrenching to see him laid there and thinking exactly the same like oh god here we go again do you know what i mean is that's it he's going to be out for the rest of the season but when he is obviously on the pitch he does bring that energy and he does bring you know the fight for that goal and he he, he gives 110 percent is it a little bit frustrating then when the fact that we do rely on him so heavily? We were so flat before he came on. And I don't know whether it's just the fact that we were able to lump the ball up to him and he could run onto it and, and chase after it. But it just felt like it gave the whole team a lift. Does it feel like that potentially the team the team relies on it relies on him just as well as as the fans do? Yeah, definitely. I, I I do think that as soon as he comes on, um, like I think the energy within the fans sort of changes, um, especially on the pitch, it changes. Um, it just yeah, it just brings that that little boost that we need. And you know, maybe if he was match fit, you know, in starting and um, seeing what he what he can bring, but obviously at the moment that's not the case. He's a bit Clive, like, he's also a bit like Harry Kane at the moment. He's having to make everything himself because the service isn't there. And uh, and because of that, I think he, he overreaches on lots of stuff and that puts him in that jeopardy again. Um, that has to change. It, it doesn't help that we're missing um, Swan at the same time because two players, two forward players with pace, can't have them both out and expect to play well up front. 
it's also put more pressure on Keeler Dunn because he's had to take a much more advanced role than I think his natural game would, would want him to have. And he's made himself not quite fit as well. In fact, when you look at the team that's playing, then none of them are particularly 100%. Um, Kilgore's playing uh, with a, carrying an injury. Hewitt carrying an injury. These things are happening. My query is what happens, right? Why players getting so short of fitness? And it's not just injuries they're incurring on the match day. In fact, it's far from it normally. People standing on people's feet in training. And, you know, obviously you can't, you can't legislate against people getting poorly, and they will do. Um, but we, we really, I've never, I mean, in over 50 years of watching this club, I've never, ever known a situation as many injuries and, and long-term injuries as we've had this season. Obviously, you, you lose, right, we'll go through injuries and, and illnesses and whatever. You lose Reese Oates for a, an extended period of time because he's done his shoulder. You lose Anthony Hartigan twice because he's popped his shoulder out and then he does it a third time. And you never needed Anthony Hartigan, if I'm being brutal. Uh, yeah, fair point. I think I think that's partially the reason why Laws probably took a, had to take a back step because we have brought someone like Artigan in because it, 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 they just don't have the space for them usually. If we've got a fully fit team, we have probably got one of the strongest benches in the league just because the quality that we've got. But it seems that near enough every player that we bought in this season has been injured or is long-term injured at the moment. Do you think Reed, Hartigan, Johnson, all injured at the moment? And then even you throw into the mix that Christy Pym, and I know Christy Pym's coming for a lot of slack recently. I don't think he's performed all that great. But Saturday, he was absolutely fantastic. But... Less than seven days earlier, people were saying, no, shouldn't shouldn't be playing, shouldn't want want him gone, get Flinders in for the rest of the season. Um, I think he's very harsh on Pim because I think he is a good shot stopper. I think he's got a lot of developing to, to do. But he's another player that's that obviously missed a couple of games through injury, broke his finger. Then he missed out a couple of times through illness. So you've got to think, like not only have you got a defence that's changed quite a lot this season, but... If you're a defender, you're also thinking, like, my goalkeeper, I'm not 100% sure if they're 100% ready to be playing through illness or, or injuries. It's a very frustrating situation. Flinders well. played three games and we won all three. You know, I think, personally, it is only a personal judgment. I prefer Flinders to, to Pim. Um, but I accept that Pim's a, a decent goalkeeper and we're fortunate in having two. I don't like the way that he's guaranteed a game, um, all things being equal. I think that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, the way that Cliff worded yeah, it. I think, presumably, therefore, Flinders entered into this agreement because otherwise he'd be chuntering about it. But we, I don't. I think you play your best players, and, and once the player's on the pitch and is performing well, you don't change him. Um, and I just don't buy this um, preference that that Cliff's got. But that's his style, isn't it? Once he's latched onto players that he, he trusts and wants and likes, that's it. The others have to battle twice as hard to get it to penetrate the team. And even when players are getting knocked out through illness or injury, um, they're still not guaranteed a play. I mean, we said at one point that he'd sooner play Pim with his, fin with his fingers strapped together than, than bring Flinders on. I thought he rushed him back too soon as it was. But, you know, 
it's not my decision, is it? Thank goodness. Obviously, it's not. And it has been frustrating to watch over the last couple of games. You think back to didn't he didn't crown himself in glory against Salford? He was potentially a bit rash against Northampton, giving away the penalty. He couldn't have done anything about the goal on Saturday, Keeley. But there were moments in that game where he had to be on his toes. He had to make good saves and and get down low to uh, quite a few chances. And then also a quite a good Chris Hussey free kick that he managed to turn away. And it's something that maybe Flinders hasn't got. It's just like that that nimbleness, being a bit bigger and a bit older, is maybe something that he, he hasn't got and that, that Pim has shown this season, especially on Saturday. It was, oh, you can't fault him for the goal. But other than that, it was fantastic on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, I'd say it's one of the better games that I've seen him play recently. Um, Flin, Flinders, I, I love him. I, I, I wish he could play every week. <laughs> I am a Flinders fan. Um, obviously, they are very opposite. Um, you know, there's some talents that obviously um, Flinders has got and that's some that Pim's got. Uh, Pim, for me, he, he sort of leaves things to the last a few in a few games and he he literally scares me um when he does that and yeah but saturday i can't it was one of his better games and like you say some of the saves that he made um you know maybe flinders might not have um so yeah definitely saturday was Hopefully, the turning point for him and he can get back to um, fitness and and be the goalkeeper that we need him to be. But will he be our goalkeeper next season? That's the big question. He's only on loan to us. And uh, one, of the, one of our viewers has said the reason that he's guaranteed a, a game is probably because that was the deal we struck with Peter for him. That if we're going to have him on loan, we have to play him, which uh, was the same with Bishop last year. I'm, I'm sure that's right. Um, but will he be with us at the end of the season? Because Bishop isn't here this year, is he? So, you know, my view is we've got a player on our books on contract. Um, he should get preference. But yeah, so I'm, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the guy who recruits these players, and I'm sure it's not unusual what's happened. It's just I don't agree with it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure the logic somewhere behind the whole Pim Flinders thing because yeah, it, there must be something in his in Pim's contract that. He has to start every game, or it's, it's the fact that Clough doesn't rate Flinders. But then you question why? Why did he bring him in? Because that's a really strange one. Yes, he was coming back from from quite a serious injury, but the same again. Why? Why bring a player in if you're not going to play him? Um, I think it's it's very harsh on on, on Flinders. Um, Flinders has had some tremendous games against us in in previous years. Yeah, definitely. He's been a good. Uh, been a good uh, League One, League Two uh, goalkeeper, no question. Yeah, uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Ellison in the comments says, I thought Pim, ha- Pim had a few shaky moments on Saturday as well in the second half. Defence seems more comfortable with Flinders behind them, but it's clear that Pim will play as long as he's fit. Yeah, he did. I think it, it's difficult because when you are playing such a direct team as what, what Stockport are, it was always going to be difficult because they would just lump balls into the box from, from out wide. There were quite a lot of balls that Pim didn't deal with that I thought he just stayed on his line a little bit too much. I don't think he did. He particularly had a bad game, 
but it was just a case of there were just moments where, like you said, it does scare you sometimes. Um, and Carl in the comments says, apparently he's the highest player in the league at four and a half grand a week. Uh, Pim, in my opinion, is not worth that much wage, a, a good keeper, but wouldn't break my back signing him last season. Uh, and Adam Crump in the comments says, my son is in Flinders camp and I'm in camp Pim, but happy with either between sticks. Neither a Rod Arnold or a Kevin Hitch, Hitchcock legend, though. Uh, the, one F- yeah, that, F- the one thing that Pim has in common with Rod Arnold is they're both not tall enough to be goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, if you're good enough, you're tall enough. Well, yeah, very true. Obviously, everybody's entitled to opinion. And it's always interesting when you get families that are so split like that. I think it's it's been a common theme that everybody's sort of like had their favourite players over the years. And then we, we've been fortunate that we've had a good few keepers over the last last few years. And now you've got to the point where, well, I'd probably say your backup probably is probably better than your, your first choice. But It's a good position to be in. I think that's where we need to leave that one. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Faiz Ahed, uh, Ahed, Ahad, uh, says in the comments, if Ollie Clark played for Man United, they won't have lost 7-0 at Anfield. Um, it's a very valid point. I thought Ollie Clark was fantastic. He, he marshaled that midfield very well and it, it felt like he was maybe being overrun a little bit because um, he pretty much had the whole midfield to himself. I don't think Hiram Boateng and, and Kieran Wallace particularly really showed any any worth of being on the pitch on Saturday. Obviously, Wallace did come off for, for Danny Johnson eventually, but it just... Ollie Clark has very much been a, a very strange player for Mansfield. You look at last season, and you think towards the end of last season, you were thinking, Clark's probably going to be gone at the end of this season. And then this season, he's been absolutely fantastic and... On Saturday, it very much showed when Lucas did score, he was one of the first to be running over. And I know Clark shows quite a lot of passion anyway, but he hugging the fans, high-fiving fans. And, and as a captain, that's what you want. And I think when Clark was out injured for a bit this season, it showed that we we lacked that, that sort of like the Mr Mansfield that we always want in the midfield. You look at someone like... Jamie Maguire in the past, that's the sort of player that we want and, and we need. And Clark hasn't showed it all the time, but this season and especially the last few months, he's he's very much took on the captain mantra, even though he was the captain last season and the season before. It's only really this been this season where he's he's really showed his, his class and how, how crucial he is for us. I think what Clark has that uh, we... we value is the fact that he's not frightened of having a shot either. You know, our other midfielders tend to get it to a position where the shot's on and they refuse to do it. They're looking for someone else and he's quite happy to have a belt at it. And he's scored some cracking goals, hasn't he? You think about what against Doncaster, was it? That was a corker. But he uh, he's, he needs a bit of help and he didn't get it from Boateng. He, there has to be some way of giving him a bit more um, confidence through help in midfield. And I guess just down to the injury thing. If Maris was there, he's a different player as well. He was a different player when Lapsley was on form, which wasn't for much of the season, I have to say. Um, but, you know, the uh, the circumstances are that in times of crisis, someone has to, to stand up, and I think he's doing that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tim in the comments says, Puff needs to change 
uh, a squad mentality for every game from game one. He seems to believe he's fielded the best 11 and sticks with them. Um, if he made the five substitutions in every game, would not suffer the same injury. Clough doesn't seem to share the game minutes out so everyone gets a fair amount of game time under their belts. And obviously, yeah, he's hit the nail on the head there, to be honest, being able to make the five subs and avoiding injury. And I think a lot of the games this season, we've, we could have done that. The the freak incident of three players going down injured at um, at Bradford aside, that was just a bizarre situation. Same against Doncaster that we lost two in the opening first um, half an hour. But it does very much seem that Clough has got his favourites. And obviously, Boateng is one of them. But it seems that Ollie Clark has now fallen into that category. He doesn't like to take Clark out of the side if he doesn't need to. And usually... Well, definitely last season he was, he was the first one to go. Um, Keely, what's your thoughts on? Because it's like it's frustrating to watch because we know what he's able to bring, but yeah, you look back to previous seasons, he'd be the first player to be dropped for for Longstaff, for Murphy, for Quinn, etc. Um, Clive seems to have dropped out. Technical issues. Uh, <laughs> we'll ca- we'll carry on while we try and fix this, um, but. Yeah, what's your thoughts? Got Ollie Clark, he's club captain, but it just seems that in previous seasons he played a, a bit part play, a bit part plays, and now this season he's definitely our one of our most influential and and one of more our um, more reliable. Yeah, I think um, he's obviously confident, um, and is he's had the right play around him, like you know. Like we've said, Maris, when he, he's on the pitch with him, they, they play brilliantly. Um, I think, obviously, you know, when him and Quinn are together, um, they're always passing. Um, we're definitely in that midfield, and the only person that is doing anything in midfield is Ollie Clark. And I agree. Obviously, what you've said about um, Clough having his favourites, and if Ollie Clark is one of his favourites at the minute, then that's a good thing, and um, he, he deserves it. Yeah, it does. Uh, Siggy Lee in the comments says, uh, Ollie Clark's an unsung hero. Missed him when injured. Only player that really gets proper stuck in in the midfield. Um, I partially, slightly disagree with the last bit about getting stuck in the midfield. I think uh, Kieran Wallace does that, but I think he gets stuck in too much sometimes, especially picking up bookings in the first minute at Northampton. Um, but it's a fair point. I think Clark, we do miss him very much um, when when he is injured. Uh, and then Carl in the comments, if it'll. Restream's having a mare tonight. Um, the thing with Jason Law is it's a bit like the Jack Thomas situation. Here he has the uh, the ability and has some great uh, played great games for the club. Obviously, Clough doesn't fancy him like Evans did with Jack. I think he'll be gone become the end of the season. Same with Jim, obviously referring to Jimmy Knowles, who's extended his loan to Kettering alongside Owen Mason until the end of the season. So good luck to them. So obviously, it's, it's great to have um, good links with, with clubs where they can go out and get minutes. Uh, somebody did mention in the comments it was a bit uh, the the law situation being a bit like Alistair Smith, and I think it's great being able to have these players. But 
send them out on loan and get them minutes. And I know we've not been able to do that with Law because of well, essentially needed him because of injuries. Um, it's frustrating that even when we've got a fully fit side, he's sat in the stands week in, week out, um, Clive. And obviously it is frustrating for him, for us as fans, but it's got to be frustrating for Law as well because, yes, he's our longest service uh, serving player and he's still considered one of the younger ones, but he's he's older than some of the first-team players that we've got. I'm also like Davis Keeler Dunn, who plays pretty much the same sort of position and, and same sort of role within the squad. There's always going to be players that don't quite make it in a, in a squad, and you, that's that's inevitable. I think one of the saddest things about football at our level, and I guess it's true of the entire leagues now, is there isn't a competitive um, reserve league. No, no, no. And, and I think if, if players who are not commanding uh, a place in the first team have an opportunity to show and shine elsewhere on a competitive stage, that gives the club a lot more chance to either develop them to play them in the first level or to move them on because they're in the shop window. And uh, if, if I had a magic wand, I'd bring back the reserve league. I think it needs to be regionalised for cost benefit, but I think there's a case for it. We get the odd competitive cup, cup game where you can play your younger players and, and put a few returning players in there. But we used to have one week in, week out. We used to play on Wednesdays in my day. Um, I just want to pick up on one of the comments as well. Um, Adam says he's boating the new whipping boy. Well, not maybe, but only if he deserves it. No, I don't believe in berating players, but I, I do think he was, he, he was the worst performing player on, on Saturday. That doesn't make him a wrong, and it just means he didn't perform on Saturday. And he, he makes the point that uh, Aikens used to get a stick from people, and he did, and all of it, most of that was unfair, and, and because people weren't taking into account the absolute amount of work that Aikens did off the ball and the, the, the opportunity created for other players. Sadly, that's not you can't say the same about Hiram at the moment. Yeah, he, I, I don't have a guy here, I and mean, it's not fair. But I mean, he, he didn't have a good game. No, he didn't. I don't think it's a case of any player particularly being whipping boys. I just think it's apparently obvious when players aren't playing to their full potential. When the rest of the team are, oh, you look at some games this season where we've been absolutely fantastic, but players like Boateng and Aikens have just been sort of like passengers in in situations. Um, uh, written in the comments in reply to what Adam said, I've not seen anything from Boateng yet to make me think he was a good signing. He has the talent, no doubt, but he just isn't doing enough. And that that hits the nail on the head. Keely, obviously, we, we we signed him and we knew what a talent he was, but has he done anything particularly to impress you so far? There's been the odd, odd pass or the odd through ball where he has brought a goal or linked up play, but... As a whole, you think, yes, we got him. Did we get him on a free or did we pay for him? I think we paid for him. I think we paid for him. It well, was superb in pre-season. Yeah, but have have we seen anything in in the last what, five, six months that would say, yeah, actually, that's been money well spent? No, for me personally, um, I, I, I don't see what he brings. Um, obviously, like Clive said, you know, when Aikens, he, he holds the ball off. There's a lot of stuff that he does um, to support other players. Um, 
Boateng for me, it just it it doesn't it doesn't bring anything. Um, like Sam, for instance, it was you know getting the ball, but then he couldn't hold the player, or it's get it wrapped around his feet, and yeah, it's not for me. It's it, there's nothing that I can say. Yeah, he's been outstanding, and and I know why we sat. Um, so now, um, I'm. Yeah, there's there's nothing for me. Obviously, just before we start, we wrap things up with with podcast predictions. Obviously, we've got to touch upon Lucas Aikens at the end. Um, does it fix all the the worries of the ninety two minutes pre- prior to the goal going in for you, Clive? Because obviously, it, it's great that we've got the equalising goal in the end, and it's great that Lucas got uh, got the goal and um, maybe silenced a couple of the haters, but. Does it does it forgive the, uh, the the lack of uh, lack of effort in the previous ninety two? I think it's it was a difficult game to watch from the stands. I don't think it's fair to say there's a lack of effort. I think the, it's the application of the effort that for most players that didn't pay off, and that's probably because not of all of them are playing in the right position for the right partners, and because of the state of the squad. Um, but no, it was a poor game and Mansfield didn't really deserve to, to take anything from the game. That's why I said earlier, we stole the point. Uh, don't get me wrong, happy to take a point away from the game. Um, if, I would, uh, if I was a supporter of Stockport County and saying, that just goes to prove you need a second goal and they should have gone harder and got one. So these things have a habit of sorting themselves out. But no, we didn't play well. No. Um, Keely, your just last thoughts on... On the last got on the the late goal again. Um, what is it about Mansfield and late goals with with big away days? Obviously, with Bradford <laughs> this season, another sold out away end, and, and Lucas does it right in front of the the away fans again. Yeah, it's in that we've sort of uh, got Ronaldo and and people are noticing that that what Mansfield. They get grab a late equaliser, um, and yeah, it's better than. Walking away with nothing. Um, it's not the three that we would have liked, um, but you know, I think they need to obviously put that into not just the last five minutes of the game. Um, it it needs to be consistent um, from get go, um, and then hopefully we we're not be getting these late equalisers. Um, because it was it was awful to watch. I think I watched most of it through uh, my fingers over my eyes. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, and yeah, I will say we we're only out of time, so that's all, all we've got time for for actual content. Before we go, though, obviously it is podcast predictions, and uh, the regular host boss person um, Craig has. Done as a little video for podcast predictions, so we'll we'll listen to that, we'll watch that, and then we'll get our predictions after it. Don't forget, you can get your predictions in using the link on the social medias. Don't forget, it's got to be an hour and one minute before kickoff on Wednesday night. Ah, uh, hello. Yes, you didn't think I was going to pop up, did you, on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast? Well, here I am, predictably in the uh, predictions bit, but there you go. Uh, well done, Cam. Keep it going tonight. Uh, really appreciate you sitting in as always. Right, podcast predictions time. Grimsby at home Wednesday night. I nearly said tomorrow night, which would mean Tuesday, which it's definitely not because they're in the, the FA Cup 
today, later today, which is Sunday. Very confusing. Anyway, Grimsby at home, Wednesday night, one course stadium, first of three home games, I want to say. On the back of that late equaliser at Stockport, I am going to go for a very narrow... Is this going to be pessimist, Craig? No, it's not. I'm going to go for a very narrow 1-0 win. First goal is going to come in the 72nd minute. Look forward to hearing your predictions. Hope I'm right. And pessimist Craig definitely will return for the Sutton game. You all know why. Let us know your predictions. Um, as always, use the link in the description and you must do it one hour and one minute before kickoff. I'm saying it because Cam will probably forget. See you later. Can I just qualify that? You don't so, have to wait. You don't have to wait until one hour and one minute before kickoff to make your predictions. That's the latest. Oh no, you can make. this is the latest. Yes. Um, so he's put. He's so he's loaded the video into um, into restream. He says Craig's grim prediction. And for once, it's not actually a grim prediction. So I'm very impressed. Um, Clive, we'll go with you first. We'll get your prediction for three, one Wednesday win. night. Two, three one. one win. 3-1. Yeah, 28 minutes. Keely, what's your prediction for Wednesday night at home to Grimsby? 2-1 uh, was and 23rd minute. Grimsby got battered at the weekend. Going to be tired legs. I'm going to go a 3... I'm going to be confident. I'm going to go 3-0 win. I'm confident of a clean sheet. And I will go the. I'll go the fifth minute. I think we we're doing early goal again. Uh, we had a couple back in January, but we'll go again. Uh, we'll get Nathan. My, my Allen's... three one. Sorry, Cam. My three yeah, one is a Boateng hat trick. <laughs> you don't get bonus points for that one, mate. They'll get bonus points. If it's right, oh, I right then. Um, well, yeah, we'll get Nathan, Allens, and Nick's uh, before Wednesday. Um, don't forget you can get involved. Podcast predictions in the link um, in the description. Don't forget you've got to get it in an hour and one minute before kickoff on Wednesday. I just want to thank Keely and Clive for joining us. Don't forget um, Saturday will be the Mansfield Town her game two dedicated fixture. So if you see Keely, Emma, Kira, Monica, me, anybody. Um, doing the Her Game 2 stuff. Don't forget to come say hi. Um, so thank you, everybody, for, for listening. Uh, thank you, Keely and Clive, for, for joining me and making sure that it's not not just me on my own. Uh, and hopefully Clive um, will join us on, on Thursday. Are you with us Thursday, Clive? I think so. You think so? Uh, Keely, you up for Thursday? No doubt somebody will drop out. But I'm working. Oh, Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, yeah, welcome back anytime and thank you for coming thank on, of you. course. Um, thank you to everybody that's commented and, and listened tonight. Don't forget, obviously, to get your podcast predictions in. Um, with Wednesday's game being on Wednesday, we will have a podcast on Thursday. Uh, Craig should be back to host that one because I think I'm working that night as well. So, um, 7.30 on Wednesday-ish. Um, and yeah, obviously, don't forget to do your podcast predictions. So, thank you, Keely. Thank you, Clive. And we will see you all on Thursday.
Well, that's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as ever, to the podcast panel and to you guys at home for watching and for listening. Oh, and I suppose I should also thank Cam as well for sitting in the hot seat on the show tonight. In my absence, we should be back between the Grimsby and the Sutton game, but we might not be. So, you know, make sure you're following us on all things social media to find out. We are at MTFC Matters in all the good places. And of course, don't forget to get involved in podcast predictions. The link for the Grimsby game is now in the description. And of course, we'll have the Sutton game later on in the week as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast where with 11 games to go, it is still all to play for. But please, for goodness sake, boys, just improve the performance a little bit because 11 more last minute equalizers or dare we hope winners. I don't think our heart rates can take it. We'll see you next time on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.